Hello, and welcome to this podcast presented by the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's session for the Southern Alberta Council on Public Affairs. Uh, please, uh, quick reminder, please turn off your cell phones before we get going today. My name is Jason LaRondo. I will be your moderator today. And uh, as if you need a reminder, if you look around the room, given the cameras, uh, this session is being recorded. Uh, also a reminder to please pay $10 um, each for lunch, just in the baskets on the tables, and to delegate someone at your table uh, to count the funds prior to SACPA collecting it. SACPA, as you know, is a, a volunteer nonprofit organization, relies on contributions of members and session attendees to continue its work. Memberships are available from Lisa or at the table at the front there, and Lisa being over in the corner here. Yes, thanks. Uh, a few thanks to our partners, the University of Lethbridge, for support and distribution of notices, uh, Country Kitchen Catering, of course, uh, for providing what will undoubtedly be a great lunch, Shaw TV for broadcasting the sessions. <clears throat> excuse me, Sundays at 4.30 p.m., and the Lethbridge Media more generally for covering SACPA events. It's great to see them out today. Uh, the format for the meeting, as per usual, 25 to 30 minutes uh, for a presentation, followed by roughly the same period for lunch, and then a question period to follow. So we should wrap up at about 1.30 p.m. today. Today's topic, as you know, <clears throat> excuse me, why aren't more people using bicycles for transportation? We have two eminently qualified people to speak to this question, Mark Pyle-Zieber and Anna Bree Fairweather, both of whom, among their other qualifications, sit on the board of directors for uh, an organization relatively new to our city called BikeBridge. Um, I'll let you tell them more about that. Please join me in extending them a warm welcome for speaking with us today. Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for coming out today. Can you hear me uh, at the back? And volume is good. I'm close enough to the microphone. I want to thank you so much for coming here today because we are here to talk about something that is, is prime uh, opportunity as we're coming into our spring and our summer and finally the weather is turning nicer. We're able to get on our bikes and bike from point A to point B. And, and we're going to be talking a little bit about why people aren't biking more, uh, especially during those windows of opportunity, like the summertime, when the weather is nice, when the roads are clear, and uh, when it's safest to bike. So how many of you out there have ridden a bike in Lethbridge? You have. And how many of you have uh, ridden one of the difficult whoop-up drive uh, hills in, in Lethbridge? Fantastic. I'm happy to see that. So there are a lot of people here for whom, as I, I talk about these things, it might be old news. But something that BikeBridge Cycling Association has really been trying to, to do is we're trying to develop the infrastructure to help people commute in, in our town, not just do the leisurely bike pathways that are beautiful. We have a lovely scenic uh, tour that we can take in Lethbridge. But we're talking really about the cycling as a commuting uh, mode of transportation. <clears throat> so one of the things that uh, I want to talk about primarily is what the city has been doing that is really fantastic. And something that our city has been doing very well 
is uh, using our, creating what are called regional multi-use pathway systems. Now, I've gone on to Google Maps. I've used the street view uh, op option, and I have taken a picture of the street view of the inside of the Cooley pathways. And so in the pathways, we have a wide road that is paved. It's used uh, for its multi-use pathway, so it's used by both pedestrians, rollerbladers, roller skaters, and cyclists alike. <clears throat> So when we look at these regional multi-use pathways, we have a lovely tour that we can take through the city on our bikes or uh, by foot or pushing our, our babies in our carriages and with our families. And we can travel through these, these netway systems. But these aren't necessarily for commuting from a, a one side of town to another or from a business to your home, for instance. Another uh, fantastic regional multi-use pathway that we have is along Lakeview Drive South. It's that green strip area you can see from the Google Maps Street View uh, image that we have people who are cycling for fun, and it's kids who are learning how to ride their bikes, and it's a great zo uh, zone for them to practice in that is safe. Um, but again, something that we're wanting to talk about is why, why aren't people cycling as a means of commuting and, and using that as transportation in Lethbridge? So other than the 130 kilometers of regional multi-use pathways that we have in Lethbridge, we have a bylaw that dictates that as a cyclist who is commuting anywhere other than on these regional pathways, and this is uh, bylaw number 3515, uh, part four states that as a cyclist you must ride your bike on the road. You cannot ride your bike on a sidewalk. How many of you ride your bikes on, uh, on sidewalks even though, e even though our bylaws state we cannot? And there's a lot of ambiguity when it comes to who we are as cyclists, what our roles are on the roads, and what our roles are with vehicles who are driving beside us or pedestrians who are around us as well. So as a means of commuting other than on the regional multi-use pathways, which we are permitted to cycle there, but of course we yield to pedestrians and we work well with the other people who are using that pathway. As a cyclist, if I want to get from my home to my workplace, I must ride on the road. And our roads in Lethbridge are fantastically wide. We, we thankfully are, are blessed with very open spaces in southern Alberta, so we can have roadways that are very wide, and I can ride my bike on the shoulder of the road, and I can pass with vehicles. And for the most part, I don't have or I don't encounter a lot of difficulties in my day-to-day -day commuting. Sometimes I do encounter some hostility from motorcyclists who feel that cyclists, or motor uh, vehicle drivers, that is, who feel that cyclists don't belong on the road. And there's a disconnect between the education for both motor vehicle drivers as well as cyclists for our roles uh, to share these uh, these roads together. So <clears throat> uh, one of the roads that we are not permitted to, to ride our bicycles on is Mayor McGrath Drive uh, entirely. And on Mayor McGrath Drive, we have a, a city of, of uh, or a pathway, the multi-use regional pathway, that connects from one end of town to the other. And as a cyclist, I cannot ride my bike on Mayor McGrath, but I can use this, this regional pathway. Some div of the difficulties that we can encounter when we're using these multi-use regional pathways is that there's at some point that I will want to turn off of Mayor McGrath, say at uh, 9th Avenue south here. And if I want to turn off and turn on to 9th Ave, I must then navigate from this multi-use regional pathway onto the road where I can cycle. But as I uh, want to cut across Mayor McGrath, I, of course, 
have to act as a pedestrian in that moment, and I have to first press that pedestrian walking cross-light button, and I must walk my bike across Mayor McGrath, according to city's bylaws. So as you might understand, these can become pretty difficult at times to navigate when you're working in between being a pedestrian and being a, a vehicle. And so as a cyclist, it can be uh, difficult to try and get from one point to another when I'm having inconveniences that interrupt my, my continuous flow of cycling. Now, something that other cities have done very well is that instead of having a, a specific pedestrian crosswalk, they can develop on-road paths for cyclists that are designated other, their lanes, bike lanes, literally, on the roads that cyclists can use to navigate around the city. And one of the options that other cities have used is to have, in complement of the pedestrian crosswalk light, but to have a cyclist crosswalk light as well. So if, I, as a cyclist, I enter into an intersection and I yield to the red light and I can hit the crosswalk for the cycling lane, it means that uh, I, I'm able to cross in that cycling uh, lane uh, along with the green light of the traffic and whether or not there's a pedestrian light uh, crossing there. Sometimes they can alternate this or, or have a staggered time start so that as a cyclist, I have a little bit of a startup to get in and through that intersection. It might take longer than some of the vehicles. So sometimes this, gre this uh, white bicycle permitted light will allow me to cycle through the intersection before the car's light turns green and then they can enter the intersection. So it allows a smoother flow for cycling uh, that is also less dangerous, again, considering that startup is cycling when sometimes you're a bit wobbly in the intersection trying to get going. Now, turning to, to Lethbridge again, uh, cycling on the roads can be a really difficult system to navigate for, for some specific reasons uh, in that we, we do have wide roads, but we don't necessarily have many bike lanes that are designated or, or indicated to motor vehicle drivers uh, that, that cyclists are able to share that road. Now, for the most part, I've used uh, the Google Docs Street View image to capture some of these images. However, uh, I, I tried to look for pictures of the individuals who are cycling on the road, following the road rules, uh, and, and I was unable to find that using the Street View image of Google Docs. So I have an image here of people who are cycling, following road rules. They're staying close to that shoulder. But when I looked on, in Lethbridge and I searched streets after streets to find individuals who are riding their bikes on the roads, I actually found nothing more than people riding on their, the sidewalks. And I think it's a strong indicator that cyclists are, one, insecure with their, uh, uh, maybe their knowledge about how to, to navigate the system as, uh, as a cyclist, or two, that there are feelings of insecurity that maybe it's not very safe for cyclists to be on the road. And perhaps another is that uh, as a cyclist, if you want to get to perhaps Casamata, uh, you might have to ride on the road at some part just to get to that business if it's a very quick uh, jaunt there. It can be really difficult to, to move through these, these networks, though, that we do have. So one thing that the city has been ver working very well with is we, uh, Bike Bridge Cycling Association has had an opportunity to meet with the city officials and talk about ways in which we can develop and encourage cyclists to come out uh, to, to be able to navigate our systems. And, and, and one thing that the city has done is they've listened to us, but they haven't necessarily followed our insight or our guidelines. And this is something that uh, we want to continue working with and have a fostered uh, relationship with the city.
But the city last year, or just the year before, managed to uh, paint a on-road bike lane pathway that was the cycling lane at the end of 13th Street North. How many of you have seen these cycling lanes? And how many of you have used these cycling lanes? A few people. Uh, one of the difficulties with the, the cycling lane that has been put on at 13th Street North is that it starts rather abruptly and it ends rather abruptly. And there is very little connecting to the path, uh, to the lane itself, to let you know as a cyclist when that lane ends, where do you go from there? And, and how do you navigate safely back into the perfect flow with the rest of the traffic without a buffer zone of, of that lane uh, that, that the 13th Street North had provided? So one thing that we're really wanting to push the city for is to extend that pathway along all of 13th Street North, which would allow a cyclist to, and, and vehicles as well, to drive from one end to the other. The other thing is that we have to educate the drivers what that cycling lane means. It doesn't mean that you can use it as a parking lane. And it doesn't mean you can use it as a turn lane without shoulder checking, as though it's a wide extra lane for turning, because those become very serious hazards for us when we're delicate and a, a little bit vulnerable on our bicycles. Now, one of the other... Uh, um, Things that other cities have managed to do is, is yes, build these pathways that are on on lane or on road bike lanes that are clearly designated, especially through uh, intersections. And as these pathways are developed, uh, cyclists will come to use them. Something that the city must acknowledge is that as we develop infrastructure, we will uh, encourage people to come out and, and cycle. One of the concerns about a pathway that is close on the edge here is that, as you can see, following that path up to the vehicles in front, there's a potential that somebody has just parked their car and they're about to open that door. And as a concern for cyclists, at all moments, you're watching for that car that's parked on the side of the road that might have somebody in it and trying to predict that behavior. Will they just open that door without looking in their mirror? And maybe they won't see me in time. So something, a solution that another city has done, you'll notice this is not a North American city. There are the bike pathways and the vehicles on the left-hand side. But as uh, other cities have done, they have uh, cycle lanes that are buffered by a bit of a, of a lane here for, for doors to be able to open or close. And these are some safety precautions that some cities have encountered. For Lethbridge, I don't think that we need to spend a lot of money uh, developing uh, wider roads and clearing out the coulee areas to develop these wider roads. I think something that we can primarily focus on is actually road sharing. Without uh, bike lanes, uh, we can have roads that are, are uh, designated bike lanes beside uh, perhaps crossroads. But for the most part, we, we can have both vehicles and cyclists on a road and have that be a safe means for us to travel from point A to point B. So 13th Street North is a good start, but as we move into the more congested areas in the middle of the downtown core, perhaps, or closer to that south-north side divide, there, there's a lot of, uh, there are more vehicles uh, congested on the road, as well as there are more concerns as a cyclist for being visible. And so one thing that we're trying to, uh, to develop is perhaps better education about where, where cyclists stand as well as uh, allowing for cyclists to be able to perhaps um, uh, 
Perhaps, I guess, one of the the main focuses for Bike Bridge Cycling Association is to look at developing a connection between the north, south, the east, and the west west sides of town. Because those are where, as a cyclist, you you come across really narrow underpasses or overpasses or commuting across uh, perhaps whoop-up. And having these these narrow corridors that connect uh, are poorly developed for cyclists to come in and be able to navigate those roads themselves. So something that we can have with road sharing is uh, developing perhaps a bike bridge or uh, bike bridges has a suggestion for a backbone infrastructure route for cycling. So. Instead of perhaps having 13th Street North be the road that we develop cycling infrastructure on, where all the cars uh, travel as well, perhaps we can use a parallel street that is less uh, congested with traffic. And as a parallel street, the city is able to develop, perhaps turn the stop signs so that they're a bit more flow through traffic and have an alternative route for cyclists that cars can also use, but that have this alternative to the major core streets uh, so that cyclists can have a flow through area that they can travel from one end of town to another with this connection uh, uh, being uh, for efficiency in commuting. The other issue with looking at uh, having a backbone structure is that we, we sort of lead into the downtown core of Lethbridge. And the downtown core of Lethbridge doesn't necessarily have very wide roads, especially if you look at Fifth Street, for instance. And we have angle parking that can pose threats to cyclists who are coming up from behind vehicles and might not be able to see when a vehicle is going to be backing out. And vehicles also might not be able to see uh, the cyclist who is coming up behind, the way that you might see a vehicle that takes up larger space and you can see them better in your mirrors or in your shoulder checking. But looking at the downtown core we, we want to develop uh, um, or release the, relieve the burden of the parking issues in downtown. And this is one of the ways that we can relieve the burden of, of parking is to encourage cycling. With cycling in the downtown core, often people cycle on the roads because it seems the safer bet to, for, for their own safety. And one of the concerns we have is that there are a lot of pedestrians, and as a cyclist yielding to pedestrians on, on the, the sidewalks, we, we don't really have the right to take up that space. They're narrow enough as they are. So what is it that the city can do to try and navigate uh, or, or develop this, this um, uh, develop a better plan or layout for this inner core to enable cyclists to pass through as safely as possible? One thing is, is looking at uh, changing from angled parking to parallel parking, but that drastically reduces the number of parking spaces that are in the downtown core. So instead of having uh, the, the, the parallel parking being an option, uh, we think that perhaps having clear designated lanes for, for cycling would enable us to have safe pathways to travel. As well, in the downtown core, one of the other issues with looking at even cycling lanes entirely is that the city must also have to clean these pathways so that they're not full of the debris that gets built up in them and makes it unsafe for cyclists to ride on gravel or on the dirt or on some of the other, the snow that can be compacted for those of us who might cycle throughout the winter. So having a clean and clear pathway, just as though uh, uh, motor vehicle drivers have access to clean and clear pathways, is something that the city also has to invest a bit of resources into for snow plowing or for debris removal. 
but having a, a variety of these options for us will really help uh, cycling become one of those means of transportations. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to cycle from west side to the south side by crossing Whoop-Up Drive, because we recognize that that also is a really difficult road for many people to, to, to cross themselves. But we can develop these connectings from the, the north and the south, east and west sides so that cyclists can safely navigate. And then also in some of the really congested areas like that downtown core that can promote people biking to work and reducing this burden on uh, parking itself. Something that we are looking for from the city is that we, we want a bit of accountability for some of the development that's happening. So the city, I'm not sure if many of you know, has been undergoing a series of of uh, restructuring plans and strategizing for their future infrastructure development. And they have uh, thankfully included Bike Bridge Cycling Association so that we have been able to have a say in, in the perspective as a, as a cyclist and what it is that we would like to see. Uh, but the city hasn't necessarily followed through, whoopsies, hasn't necessarily, I'm going to not slip off here, hasn't necessarily followed through on some of these, uh, the, the ideas that Bike Bridge has suggested, which is, is fine, but they have brought in people from, say, Calgary, Calgary or from larger cities who have been able to provide opinions and insight uh, and suggestions for how to develop. But they aren't getting the perspective then of the people who are on the road in Lethbridge and what it is that Lethbridge might need. And I think the city can work well with uh, saving money from bringing in strategists and engineers from larger urban centers and focusing on the input from the citizens here in town. And here in town, we do have some uh, very good ideas for what could, could be developed. But, but then the city will make decisions about how to develop or how to proceed that are not in line with what the Cycling Association has suggested. And that is something that we're trying to, to navigate through or to communicate with the city that we, we are able to efficiently and uh, cheaply try and develop this infrastructure by, again, education as one main point and also on-road, sharing road uh, um, tactics, rather than having uh, multi-use pathways that are developed around the outskirts of town and don't allow cyclists to commute. So that is the majority of my talk for, for this section. And uh, other than that, I do want to share that BikeBridge currently is trying to take to the city of Lethbridge responses from our survey that we are, are in the middle of, of uh, developing right now. We have a survey that is on its survey monkey and, and what we're doing is we're asking people who have ever cycled with their bikes in Lethbridge, whether it be for leisure or for commuting, and if we have cyclists who are uh, comfortable sharing some of the difficult intersections that they've encountered as they've cycled, as well as individuals who may have experienced uh, um, really uh, fantastic ways or thoughts how they can develop some of the city infrastructure. And so we have we're starting to promote a, a survey that we have for individuals. So I invite you to go to our website, bikebridge.ca, and click on the link for this uh, survey. We will have it up shortly this week, I believe. And if we get this survey up, uh, I encourage you guys to fill this out. Even if you've never cycled before, we would still like to hear from you, even as motor vehicle drivers who might have some frustrations with cyclists as well. Uh, there are two sides here. And, and uh, I encourage you to find out some information about BikeBridge itself and to fill out our, our survey. Other than that, I, I think I will finish there. Thank you. We're going to improvise just a touch here.
<coughs> Excuse me. For uh, reasons beyond our control, uh, one of our speakers isn't available at the moment, uh, so I'm going to step in and, and just pick up a, a little bit on what Anna Bree was saying. Um, and in part, by way of contextualizing that, I know I'm, I'm here in a capacity as moderator, but for the moment, uh, I'm here in my capacity as a, a former member of Bike Bridge myself. The issue that, that Anna Bree raises at the end is an important one. Um, this is too often framed uh, by both cyclists and motorists as exactly that, as about being this conflict between cyclists and motorists. And I think there's a much bigger issue, and that is the culture of a city and the culture of cycling in a city. Part of why we see occasionally conflict between cyclists and, and motorists is because there really isn't a well-developed culture of, of cycling as a form of commuting uh, in this city. And, and folks on cycling are on Bike Bridge and more broadly have... I feel like I'm getting a lot of feedback. You just have to be Actually, closer. Okay. Is that better? And now I have an echo. Fantastic. Uh, they, people who have a fair amount of commuting experience on, bike in, on bikes in other cities can speak to some of these issues that Anna Bree is talking about. And you really don't see the kinds of conflicts that sometimes in conversations that we've heard taking place at city council, for example, sound like they're endemic to cycling. They're endemic to trying to negotiate cars and bikes in the same space. And so too often what we've seen in the past is bylaws, for example, or bylaw suggestions, I should say, say, um, that seem to be premised on the assumption that there is going to be conflict between cyclists and motorists, as opposed to thinking carefully about the kind of infrastructure that Anna Bree is talking about uh, that will encourage smooth flow between them. Uh, another way of thinking about this is these things are often framed as issues of safety, that is, putting, keeping cyclists safe. My partner, as I was on my way out the door to come moderate this, said, ride safe. She would never say to me for the same drive, for the equivalent drive, drive safe. And that's sort of the point, is we tend to think of cyclists as the ones at risk. And what we're suggesting, broadly speaking, is a shift in that thinking for a whole range of reasons, not the least of which is the path system that Anna Bree talked about, um, in our estimation, actually doesn't improve safety measurably. As I rode here today and turned right from 7th Avenue onto Mayor McGrath, I was immediately shuffled off of Mayor McGrath and onto a pathway system where, on the one hand, I presented a threat of a sort to the pedestrians on that path because I'm moving at a different speed, exactly as a car is moving at a different speed than me if I'm on the road. And on the other, I then get onto the path and off of the path, as Anna Bree said, at each and every intersection between there and here. So our argument is that if you want to think safety, you don't think of it at the micro level, at the what do we do at this, you know, how do we get bikes onto pathways? You think about it in a broader way. How do we improve the flow of traffic? How do we improve the sharing of the road between uh, cyclists and, uh, and motorists? Because both have a right to be on the road. That, in a nutshell, um, is the sort of add-on that, that I'd like to offer. So... Stepping out of my role um, as a, an improvisational presenter, um, I'm going to jump back into the role of moderator, encourage you to enjoy your lunch, to talk about the issues over lunch, and at 1 p.m. we will turn our attention back to the stage, at which point um, Anna Bree and Mark will accept questions, uh, and we will have some discussion about the issue in the half hour following that. Thank you very much. Enjoy lunch.